Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 77. What's up, guys? Hey, what good morning. What is happening, fellas? We got a full room. Full room. I like it. It's good. It's I good like, to be here. I like you being back. Uh, Tanner, despite what most of our feedback has been to not <laughs> wanting you back, <laughs> That's right. I want you to know I, for one, am grateful. Thank you. The uh, you. the overwhelming number of uh, we've got so many emails saying oh, please no, please no, please no. <laughs> uh, hey, well, yeah. it's good to be here with you. Um, so we have a lot to cover today. Uh, we we are wrapping up our at the movie series with a pretty heavy topic. We want to bring in some stuff from a previous episode way back in the day. Can you say way back in the day when we've been doing this for less than two years? Is that is that a thing? Did you say this is episode 77? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... It's a long time. That's a few episodes under our belt. I know. Just a few. Especially when we're going back to, I think you're, you're referring to episode six. Six. Episode six, yeah. So wow. we were but we were but we lads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we didn't still didn't know what we were doing. Because we've totally got to figure it Tanner out. Tanner was still in his 20s then, if still, I remember. Right. Still in my 20s. <laughs> back wow. In, way back in the day. Way, 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 way back. Before, before you became ancient. Before June. Like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> I was still in my 50s. So uh-huh. It doesn't so, really work for me. Uh, so before we get into um, our, our serious topic uh, that, is, that is heavy, um, I, uh, one, of my, one, of, one of the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis, they do um, this goofy segment they call News of the Butt. Um, and it's always ridiculous. <laughs> news of the butt. And news of the butt, right. Um, this could go south quickly. Yeah, well, we're going to do news of the what? News of the what? Right. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious if you guys if you guys heard about this. Um, there was a jewelry store break-in in Cartagena, Spain. Did you hear about that? No. No. What? Uh, there was an Iberian goat that was running around downtown in Cartagena, and it was finally captured after it broke into a jewelry store. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The goat was captured the goat was in captured the jewelry store. In the jewelry store after it broke in. Um, I'm unaware of any jewelry that was stolen. But <laughs> or eaten. <laughs> or, or eaten. Or eaten. Yes. That, that, may, that may be more accurate. <laughs> and it was taken to a farm and put in a flock of sheep for shepherds to pay attention to and keep there until they could figure out where it was from. And then within 24 hours, it had already escaped and was running around again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the police still don't know where the goat came from. Oh, no. I was uh, just like, this is really a heist story. What? Is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much it's a heist story. So <laughs> we we still don't know what's inside the goat. The goat, right? Well, I yeah. I think they're cause... waiting for it to. Well, no, I won't go to the news of the butt. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you just did. That yeah. wasn't so. There was Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, and now <laughs> the goat. The, the goat. goat. The goat is the uh, is the other way. Um, okay, so the the uh, the other news of the what story that I have for you here okay. is. Um, <laughs> There was a there was a Canadian man named Angel Domingo. Uh, Domingo. Okay. He bought a home, and in the refrigerator of his home, he found one stick of string cheese. And instead of being like every other normal person and throwing that away because no, don't say who it. Who knows? Don't say it. He decided to offer it up for a trade online. So 
you know how I mean it's just like, oh, like the like, trade up stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, like okay. Facebook Marketplace or yeah, Craigslist yeah, okay. back this in the is day. a piece of string cheese. Like eat eat e- 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 eBay, right? Of yeah, string it's cheese. a stick of, of of string cheese, right? Just like the single, you know, like the yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, buy yeah, them yeah, and yeah, then you rip them all off and you're. Are you saying right. you bought it? <clears throat> I didn't buy it. Um, so, but but I wanted to. I just it, it killed me because I had to read the actual. Uh, the post? Like the description? Yeah, the description. This is what I have oh, for trade? So, oh, so here's tell. what it says. Do tell. For trade, one cheese string. Accepting trades for one cheese string. Marble flavored. Still in original packaging. No low balls. I know what I have. <laughs> I know what I have. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was so good. He says it's still, he says the, the, the cheese is still edible and has months left on its expiration date. Uh, he said, uh, quote, this is probably the strangest thing that I've ever had to offer up. Um, somebody told me that I wouldn't get anything for it and nobody would want it, but I guess some people really want it. Uh, I think the most anybody has offered me was two Persian cats. Two Persian cats. Yep. But he has yet to accept any offers. Okay. So if you're interested, That's you rid- could still you go attempt still go to this. not lowball this guy because he knows what he has. That's oh, right. A, I love his confidence. <laughs> No low balls. I know what I have. I know. Yeah. B, uh, cats. No way. I'll, I'll take the string cheese every day. Yes, uh, it's I, just I don't like. Cats. Yeah, give me the string cheese. Uh, <laughs> give me the string just, cheese. I just I read the headline and I was like, what you know, he he inspires me. You know, like he, he oh, just good. inspires what good, me. What good to, is going to come from this? To here? do this, I I, I think uh, I, I'm going to go home and I'm going to I think I'm going to find something in my fridge. I've probably got a, uh, a deal of string cheese. Expired yogurt. Okay, I, and I, I think I'm I gonna... double dog dare you to come back next week <laughs> with a a reading from an actual post, actual post. that you put online. For something. This guy is inspirational. I think we should all follow his lead there. I think so. Yeah. Oh, man. News yeah, of the just, what? I like this. Is this a new segment, segment yeah. on the, the E6 what? podcast? I don't know. Maybe News we'll of see. the what? We need it's to just, create a little jingle, huh? Tater. Uh, done. I'll work on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, before At the Movie started, we talked through the book Win Some Conviction. I'm curious. I want to catch up with you guys. Tanner, we haven't had you here for a while. Yeah. I totally didn't prepare you guys for this at all. I'm just curious. What are you guys reading right now? Oh, okay. So I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Wait, did just, you say reading? Just, I'm sorry. What is reading? This what is where is, you like? Um, I mean, you either listen to something online, like that's book, right. Yeah, or <laughs> like you open yeah. up. Like yeah, a, I'm not sure that's a fair question coming from you because you don't you read don't physical read, books. It's, you listen well, to them being read. In all to honesty, you. what was the last book? We'll turn it around, Brooke. What was mm-hmm. the last book you actually read? Because you listened to everything. Uh, I'm about halfway through a an ASL book, like on paper book. On paper book. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You're really like into this. Uh, if you're actually American physically reading a book, <laughs> no, that's right, that's right. like it is high on the level of importance. That uh-huh. really just means it's not on. I just well, no, you exactly couldn't, find oh, couldn't find an wait, audio. Wait, book. You yeah. have, do you have to ski, <laughs> see silence? Do you so. have to see sketches though of of sign language? Is that why? Like you can't just listen to a book yeah, on you sign can't language. You to have to look at the language. pictures, right? Right. Yeah. You have to look well, at the pictures. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Right. Well and now it, that that being said, it is full done. of pictures. <laughs> so, you know. How do you read this? Yes. There's no pictures. Okay, I'm rereading uh, <laughs> a book called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. Uh-huh. That was a book that was very uh, formational read. in uh, just how my my walk with Jesus and how I interact with family, how I think about certain certain yeah. things in my life. And uh, it's been about, I don't know, two and a half, three years since I've really read this thing. I've read portions of it. I've taught from some different things uh, from the book, but I just felt my spirit the last 
month to uh, pick the book back up and start. I'm also in school right now, so I'm reading a bunch of books for school. So uh, Cheap Grace, um, The Cost of Discipleship, which is... um, that's a big one. Uh, screw tape letters, some of those things. Things some some of them I've already read, but um, yeah. kind of a bunch more coming my way. So I wanted to find one that um, that I had that kind of a value system for. You know, like the life you always wanted. I really, I really appreciate that that book, and you know, it's tied to, I guess, a feeling of taking a step further in my journey. So I didn't want to just um, clutter up in my mind, all of the books that I'm going to be reading with just another one. Uh, I wanted something that was going to kind of anchor me back to a time when I think I was really taking good strides forward in my faith. And so um, I picked that one back up along with the things that I'm doing for for school and stuff. So, um, yeah, The Life You've Always Wanted by John John Ortberg. Cool. Um, I'll start reverse order. The most recent book I've read is tied to where we're going next as a church, actually. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about it the next few weeks, but uh, I read a book called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen, and it just speaks to just the culture we're living in these days where everybody's angry about everything and we're uh, walking on eggshells with each other and dealing with infighting even amongst Christians. And uh, it's a, just a really good read. Uh, I would, I would refer to it as a call up to Christ likeness in the way we're interacting with each other. So mm. unoffendable. Um, I have recently read a very short read. Um, what if Jesus was serious about the church by Sky Jatani? And, uh, that's been thought provoking. Um, that's impacting even a little bit of my teaching planning for this fall. Um, Early summer, I really enjoyed, I was looking back at my Amazon orders to, to jog my memory on what I read earlier this summer. I read, I really enjoyed a burning uh, of my bones. It's either a burning of my bones or burning of the bones, but it's a authorized biography of Eugene Peterson. Mm. Um, I, think, mm. I, I think he's been a hero of mine for a long time, but reading his biography just makes me respect him even more. Um, I want to pastor and shepherd more like Eugene Peterson um, than I do. Um, I really, really am drawn to him. He's known famously for the message, a paraphrase of scripture, mm-hmm. but he's um, more of a gift to me as a pastor. He's more a gift, I think, to people who are called to pastor because he just he just does it so well, has done it so well. So. I think those are the most recent books. And Winsome Conviction, early summer. I read that probably three times, just wrestling with some of that. That's cool. Oh, I'll mention, too, a book that you mentioned, You already told me, Brooke, you read recently, uh, Not In It to Win It by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. That was um, – I, I just I, – I enjoy Stanley. I don't agree with him on everything, but I really, really love his heart for the kingdom. And it's a, it's a hard, challenging word for um, the way we interact with – very polarized culture. Yeah. Um, enjoyed that book. What about you, Brooke? Uh, yeah, I, it's funny you, you, Tanner, you mentioned, uh, screw tape letters. I read that a couple months ago and, and, um, as you just said, uh, not in it to win it and unoffendable. Both of those I, I recently read, um, or listened to 
if you yeah. want me to be more accurate. Listen here. to it, four point five speed. Not four point five. It's less than two usually. One point eight. Usually, yeah. <laughs> one point eight is pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. I will say uh, the uh, unoffendable. Um, I really enjoyed the guy's uh, writing style. Yes. He was a lot more fun to listen. He's to. He's funny. You know, it was just. It, I did, think did the I author think he, read it himself. Yeah. Oh, I bet so, that was really good. I, I felt like that would be the kind of book that. Like that's where my mind would do is like he's bouncing from things and well his, he's a radio show host his too. titles so he's he's yeah naturally so like the gifted. titles of his chapters I don't have it in front of me but <laughs> the titles of his chapters were a lot more it wasn't like chapter one yeah chapter two you know it was like and this is the one where I talk about this yes. and I was like okay I can get into <laughs> like this friends. yeah I thought that was really good um, the one that the one that uh, that that stretched me um, the most it was called um, my body is not your prayer request and Oof. it was it was a I haven't read it but I'm intrigued by wow. it yeah it was so as as my my wife is embarking on this new journey of um, disability and stuff. This book was written from a woman who um, is not fully confined to a wheelchair, but has disabilities. And just her story of um, how people respond to her and um, and and talk about some of the things that she has, some of the the disabilities that she has, um, as if it's just you know. It's not not that big of a deal, or that she's just not praying hard enough, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was just a really it was a really convicting read in just the ways that we say things or the the assumptions that we make and things like that. So, um, but yeah, thanks. I was just curious. Um, I know I didn't I didn't prepare Good you for question, that at man. all. But Good that's question. a great question to ask us uh, periodically. Yeah, um, I actually really like even like if I didn't have an answer for that. <laughs> oh dang! I should have an answer Ooh, for that. I, I mean, I, I just yeah. I, I believe we, if we want to grow, we need to be not just. I mean, yes, we need to primarily be reading scripture, but like right. we need to couple that with some perspective, some thought, some challenging things. Ooh. Even reading some some people that uh, may not think the way we think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that needs to be central to um, a journey of of maturing in Christ. Is is reading, uh, soaking up those things. And I would add another category of reading is, and I, you got to keep it short, but to me, it's valuable to have a very, very short list of books that I need to reread periodically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Life You've Always Wanted, right. John Ortberg is on my short list. Of, mm-hmm. If I'm not reading that every two to four years, I'm missing out on some fundamental principles of yeah. spiritual discipline. Things that you just forget. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. You know, it's a little bit difficult because he's wrote it almost 100 years ago, mm. 80 years ago. But it's it's short read, and it, and I have it on my list. Man, I need to read this like every year just to reframe my brain to draw close to the Lord. Yep. Um, you can't have 14 books on your. I no. should read those over and over again. But you can have two, three, four. Yeah. You know. So maybe that's another conversation. Is what what is your What's your reread list? What's your reread list? Let's yeah. save that for we can save time. that for another time. Yeah. yeah, that takes a little more a uh, little more research than what's off the top of your head. But I like what you said, Tanner. It's like you know I'm reading a lot of things, and the, I think the more you read, or or at least in my experience, the quicker you get through them. Um, you may get the general topics, you may get the you know a lot of the information, but you don't have that wealth of of the bank of quotes and the yeah, things that really sure. struck you because you've moved on. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I find myself doing the same thing where it's like, oh man, 
I liked that book. I need yep. to go back and listen to that again. Mm-hmm. Or that one challenged me. I need to go listen to that again or, excuse me, re- read, read that, that again. again. I need yeah. to go sit in a room by myself and read that again. Right. That just doesn't happen in my nope. house. That's mm-hmm. one upside for me of reading a physical book and highlighting things yeah. is um, I confess, this may not be the smartest thing to do, but I confess sometimes I just go back, sit down with a book, and I read what I highlighted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's big misses there. Sure, but... Because <laughs> I'm not hearing something I maybe would hear the second time or the third time. Right. But I'm getting some big things that were formative for me earlier. Oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and so I'll reread that whole chapter or something. So that's one of the upsides to me of highlighting the you know heck out of a, out of a book. Yep. yep. All right. All right, let's get to at the movies. Yeah, this is week number five. So we just, fun. Just wrapped it up. I'm, I'm sad. Before sad it's over. before we get to the movie that we're going to talk about today and uh, and the heaviness of that topic, um, I want to hear from you guys. What was your favorite movie? I know I asked you this early on. What did you expect was going to be your favorite? But I want to know what 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 ended up of the five movies that we did. What ended up being your favorite? Ooh, that's a hard question. You you want to dive in or you want to think about it for a minute? I want to think about it. Um, my Do you have quick, an answer? My quick answer <laughs> is the first, first one we did. I just I, I don't know how much of it was the anticipation and not having done a full build in a while, um, ha- not not feeling like we'd done it since 19 with, with the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and all that. Um, COVID being mostly behind us as far as, you know, not coming to the church. I just, there's something about the anticipation of it. And then just the uniqueness of that movie, just such a, I, I, I know you guys laugh at me every time I use the word zany, because I don't know where that word comes from, <laughs> but it's such a unique word. It captures the film for me. It's just like, that was off the wall. Like the, the animation, <laughs> the storytelling, the speed of it, the humor. Yeah. Um, and then the relatability of just weird family dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, I love, I laughed hard. I loved being in the back of the room, um, twice and here in the uh-huh. crowd, just laughing hard. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would say week one, that was my, yeah, favorite. I, I, um, I have to agree. I, I went in expecting Coda to be my favorite, um, because I liked that movie so much. It means so and much it, to your family. And it means so much to me now, which yeah. even at the moment when we picked it, it didn't. Right. Right. You know, it wasn't... It whose, wasn't idea, whose idea was Coda? I can't remember. I think you brought it up. Oh, that's right. Actually, it was my right. idea. You brought it up and then we ignored it probably it wasn't his I brought idea. it back to you. Well, like usual, like, we should do the this. team around me goes, that's a terrible idea, Lauren. <laughs> and then we come back and do it later and nobody remembers whose idea it was. Yeah. Can I just well, say I, that? We always just credit Brooke with the good idea. That's true. That's true. That's true. Same Only page. some of them yeah. that make me have to wear suits. <laughs> so you're saying week one ended up being your favorite? Week one ended up being my favorite in the moment, on the day, like watching that one. Maybe it was just the the message that we did. Like yeah. I loved Coda. I thought it was great. That would be my second one. Yeah. But Mitchell's versus the machines was so was just so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I think experience wise, um, I had I had like an uh, expectation of Mitchell's versus machines. Which is that week one? Mm-hmm. I had I, but it it far exceeded my expectations as far as the, um, the creativity that we got to show in the editing of it, the just the oh my gosh, the vibe of our play of of the church man, yeah. just it was so cool to feel that, you know, again, um, but I I I have to say I think Coda is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, just uh, I one I loved the message in it, um. But just the, there was just, I, I think I've said this, I may have been on a podcast at that time. I don't remember. Uh, 
the moment where dad kind of like realized yeah. that um this that his daughter was made for this was they were sitting on the back of his truck and mm. uh like that just i think that that moment has just sealed the deal for me i want to be that kind of dad you know i want to be a dad who i might get it wrong you know often but i want to have those moments in those important times of my kids' lives mm. where I get it right, where I where I where I recognize something in my in my children, um, and I can celebrate something. And that was just like a coming together moment, you know? Yeah. So that I think that for that reason, that's that's my number one. So are we um, are we looking back on it saying, I'm ready to be done, I'm glad it's over, it was fun. Or are we missing it already? I I I'm done. <laughs> I was just being hundred percent honest. I'm I'm done. I, I well for a couple of reasons. One, at the movies is it's always a lot of work. Uh, I think we we took it up a notch this year in some of the creative outlets that we we did, like hosting some red carpet. Are you kidding? That was so much fun, but it was a lot of work. Uh, from opener songs that we we did, a lot of people would say that like they would I, I can I can imagine they would think um, how much fun that would be and yes it is fun doing opener songs and things like that but it's not our normal you know when we we take you know eighteen songs for about six months and we circulate those songs and so our musicians learn them we kind of can. Um, sort of turn our brains off as we play some of those things. But the challenge of what kind of opener song do you do? Who does the opener song? Uh, how prepared should we be for these different things? It just, it adds a level of, um, uh, I guess, difficulty. That well, one, one tangible example is Cody Choate is not sitting around playing Whitney Houston or Britney Spears. No, he's not. So he's a little bit of And stretch. he's texting me when he sees when he sees that Britney Spears is on the docket and he's like, "What are we doing? What are you thinking?" That's right. Yeah. That's just what he wants you to think. That's right. That's right. He loves it. Um but like so it's just a lot of work. Um really the other reason is um as theologically accurate as it was, I think for us to go through at the movies. Um, not having that typical worship song that we would put on a, on a weekend. I miss it. Yeah. I'm ready to yeah. stand on stage. I'm, I'm ready to be in a room with our people and just singing about Jesus together. Agreed. I'm ready for that. And I think, I'll be honest, I think I needed that. I think I needed a season. I was talking with some of our team Ooh. even yesterday. I think we needed a season of recognizing how much we love that. Um, you, you can get bogged down by... Um, the uh, how quickly Sundays get here, mm-hmm. and it's always coming. Uh, and I think um, this season of just not really doing that, doing something different, still worshiping the Lord, of course, but not doing that in the ways that we've we have been. It gave us cause to miss it in a way that was really that's a great really point. effective. I'm really curious good. for you and your team specifically that leads us, as well as for all of us participating. I wonder if there's a fresh joy yeah this coming sunday yeah of course of just like i haven't sung with my brothers and sisters in christ i haven't yeah sung with my family like this yes at the top of my lungs right 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 maybe an old familiar song yeah you know yeah that's that's a good point yeah so i'll, I'm, I'm I'll add that. i'll add i'm glad it's over i i loved it um 
unlike I think you two, it's it's a much bigger break for me as a as one who teaches every week. You guys have kicked it up a notch, if not three. Um, I got to not only take a vacation week, um, I only missed one Sunday, but I still felt very free on Sunday mornings to be present with people and um, plan some other things. And um, I'm thankful for it. But I'm so excited about diving into the new the new semester, the new fall with our people, casting vision, teaching truth. Um, and, you know, who, who knows how many people have I was I had a very interesting conversation with one of our long timers who's not actually not older. He's just a long timer at Colonial. And he said, yeah, the movies is not my thing. But he also confessed, but I don't go to the movies and I don't watch movies and TV at home. I'm a reader and I love sports and I do some other things. And so it makes sense to me like, oh, yeah, well, you you wouldn't like at the movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's some other people who are, are more like me who watch, you know, five movies for every, you know, um, mile I run <laughs> that's not true it's more like 50 movies for every mile I run. let's just yeah. be honest yeah that's right I'm glad how about you Brooke I mean you've worked your tail off this not only leading up to it with the team but but the last few weeks hosting and making sure a bunch of ducks are in the row in a row yeah glad you know, it's over it's it's uh I think it's a, a both and you know there's there's ways that I'm excited that okay good it's done <laughs> we did it we we accomplished our goal, I think, and and it went over well. I think we we we, you know, had some some things that we had to figure out along the way, and mm-hmm. you know, we did it in school. Um, at at and so and so a lot of that will kind of calm down. Um, you know, it's it's not sustainable to continue to do those things because no. it takes so much work to do it, and then at the same time, I love the change of pace. And new challenge, the new challenge. It's a, it's, it's a break in what we normally do. You know, um, I am, I am not good at doing the same thing all the time. Um, and so if there's not change involved, then I start to struggle. So, you know, for those, for those reasons, it's kind of a, yeah, I'm, uh, it was fun. I'm tired. I went home yesterday and fell asleep on the, <laughs> and then, uh, and then had to mow the lawn because I still didn't do that throughout the week and, yep. <laughs> and then had to clean the pool and you know all the above but so it's it's like it, it just adds so much more you know um so maybe most importantly though brooke um over under how many years are going to go by before we see you in a suit and tie again Ooh. Uh, Notice I said years. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, it'll be less than because my sister's getting married in a couple oh. of, in in like a month and a half. Oh, okay, and so I have to wear a suit for that. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I I couldn't tell you. Or couldn't tell you. It, 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 even that. Even even, <laughs> even a funeral probably won't won't get me there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So okay. Uh, so we just had week five. We talked about um, we watched Collateral Beauty, um, yeah. which is a throwback for us to. Uh, to mm-hmm. f- to February of of twenty one, which feels like so much longer ago. It does. It wasn't, it, w- it wasn't. It wasn't at the movies. It's it was, eighteen months, right? right. And so it was. Right. It, but it was still a while ago. Um, so Lauren, you you were the one that that delivered the message the in February time. of the year. Uh, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago. Tanner, you did it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so from your perspectives, why come back to this? Why replay it? Why do it again when we've already done it? I'll jump in and say first of all. Um, I think there's so much work we put into this mm-hmm. that I, I think philosophically we've embraced 
man, it's just such a shame to do these things once and never go back to it again. Yeah. So there's this, this, this desire on our part to let's, let's, let's go back into the archives and pull at least one out. We want to have some fresh new stories, but let's pull one out. I like that. I feel like we've done that historically since before I came up, if that's, if that's accurate. Yeah. But then specifically to this topic, it's, it falls into that, you know, things we don't talk about. Um, even back in February of 21, it, it was in the middle of, of multiple subjects of, we don't, we don't always talk about this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, there's a tendency in our culture to, whether it's what we're posting online or what we're talking about, you know, at, wa- at, at work or at school to dwell on the positive stuff. Um, and we don't often open up about the pain inside the grief. Yeah. And so I think we took a movie very purposefully the first time and the second time. This is where a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and then one last quick thought, even people who weren't there 18 months ago might be here, might be there now. Right. And vice versa. Yes. A lot can happen in just that. Oh man. In that, in that time. I think this is, I think it's one of those topics that, um, the impact of it never really goes away. Um, I mean, you could talk about this all year long. I mean, as, as painful and as heavy as that would be to sit in, like it's always relevant. There's always someone who is still struggling with a loss in that way. Uh, or just like you said, who has recently discovered a loss and having to deal with it in a way they've never had to deal with it before. So I think to that end, that's why, that's why you would go back, um, and say what kind of message uh, is really important for our for for our church to to hear to be um, mindful of, and um, and I was glad I got to do some of the teaching of it. You know, this year I can resonate with it in a in in a way that you know some can't, um, and uh, it was just kind of it was good for me even to be able to process some of my thoughts, some of my pain in it. Um, just delivering it and uh, doing some of that stuff. So, well, because we did this um, a year and a half ago. Uh, at the time, you know, coming out of COVID, we um, we sat down, we talked about this. We were in the middle of COVID, to be to be it's, clear. That's true, right? Yeah. Um. So we had a we. You sat down, Lauren. You sat down with um, with a couple of your friends, um, Ray and RJ and did an interview and so today as we were preparing to record we decided to throw ourselves a curveball and (laughs) uh and and try to include some of that rather than just say yeah yeah go back we want to we wanted to include some of that in what we're talking about today um so bear with us over just so good it's just so good we have to we have to include it yeah and so, um, and so, as we as we talk through this, we're going to include some of the uh, some clips of some snippets, if uh, you will. <laughs> or yeah, that's that's totally what I was going to say. Some snippets. Some zany. I don't snippets. think anybody was going to say snippets. Yeah, I thought I thought that's what we were going to say. Some <laughs> zany snippets. Good grief. Um, maybe we're just going to go play the whole thing now and yeah. mute his microphone. No, no, no. Snippets. <laughs> I want snippets. <laughs> so we're we're, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to play a little bit of uh, of some of what what Ray shared as. Um, as he dealt with loss um, and and was super honest and open about it, um, so we'll get to that. Is there anything that sticks out in this movie? Um, obviously, Tanner, as you said, um, dealing with your own pain and yeah. and loss from from your mom. Um, wh- what else? What else sticks out to you guys uh, as we start this topic of of grief and loss and 
um, and how relevant it is constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think um, watching this movie again, uh, Collateral Beauty, um, going back through it, revisiting the conversation we had a year and a half ago and processing that differently. Um, time has gone on for me and uh, I'm um, having to dive back into some of the things that I felt, some of the things that I still haven't processed well uh, from uh, losing my mom now uh, 15 years ago. Uh, it, it just It's just so weird um to be in that place where i've lived you know half of my life without my mom present Mm -hmm. uh that those are all new challenges things that i wasn't really thinking through when this when we first showed this um so i think some standouts for me in collateral beauty um is the ways in which different people deal with pain deal with loss um you know, Will Smith, his character in there, Howard Hughes, uh, Howard Inlet, Howard Hughes, good grief. That's a different movie. <laughs> That's a different uh, one. Uh, Howard Inlet dealing with, um, he talks about three different abstractions, which really are the keys to life. Um, and that's the way that he's kind of projecting and he's living it. He's, he's kind of led his business and now having to experience those things in a totally different way. It causes him to, to go, what, what of this do I actually believe? Uh, he goes through a season of denial where he just refuses to have the conversation. He isolates himself, which is something I think um, a lot of us can relate to. Uh, when you experience pain or tragedy in this way, um, you t- everything is chaotic. And you tend to try and find ways to back up, to, to slow down the world kind of around you. And you end up finding yourself kind of in a hole. Um, I know I did that, not letting people in at, uh, early enough in my life. And even through losing my grandmother, who really kind of raised me after my mom passed, I loved I loved her like a, like another mother, you know. Uh, when she when she passed away, I found myself grieving not just for her, but also grieving for the loss of my mom, and it it made me realize like there's um, there's undealt with pain. I, I just tried to move on. I tried to not deal with it. I tried to pretend like things were good. Um, you can see Howard in the movie going, uh, I'm not going to even pretend. I'm just not good. And I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. I'm not going to let anybody in. Um, he did some research. He knows all the things that people would say, all that stuff. And it just further... Uh, made him kind of think nobody 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 could get this nobody could understand this so um, those are some of the standouts I think uh, in this go around for me uh, and uh, the ways that people deal with pain and struggle with pain um, big kind of a big deal and then even like getting to go back and listen to the interview that Lauren got to have with Ray and with RJ Um, lots of things that Ray was saying started to resonate in me. Um, one makes me feel like I'm not alone. Uh, and the other makes me feel like, um, uh, there's hope, I guess. Mm. 
So uh, I'm I'm excited for our listeners to be able to dive back into that mm. conversation. Uh, on a on a serious note, um, I just I so much want the culture of our church to be celebrating well together and mourning together. And so this topic to me matters. Uh, my favorite people are without a doubt uh, people who are. I think I've heard you say this several times the last few years, Tanner, not just sharing their scars, but sharing their open wounds, taking those risks. Um, and I think you've said this just now in different words too. I mean, we're, we're all dealing with, we're all, we all have undealt with issues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just self-awareness matters to me and growth in healing matters to me. And so I, I, uh, I, I love that, uh, I love that we went there on a, on a lighter note. Um, a couple things that I am, am glad about, uh, this is a much lighter note, so forgive me. Um, cause it's such a serious topic. I love that with at the movies in general, that we've just embraced that all truth is God's truth and we can take crazy fantasy Marvel movies and, <laughs> and cartoons and war films and knowing that not every piece of it, uh, reflects God's character or, or truth, but we can pull truths out of it. And so specifically, I love that four our four other movies this year all got 90 something percent, um, from the, from the critics out there, Rotten Tomatoes consensus was 90 something percent on all four other movies. This one, I just looked up again to make sure this one was a 13, <laughs> like the critics hate this film. They think it's hokey. Yeah. Um, it's another one of those. Isn't it weird how you see you find these movies that have this all-star cast like no other, and it's a terrible movie, you know? Um, and they even bill it as, look at the cast. And you're like, ooh, that's a red flag. They're billing the cast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yet, as, as, as corny as it might be to some people or, or whatever flaws they may see in it, um, I love that there's some real truths beautiful truths that come out of this film specifically and that we can point to scripture and, and apply. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think we did that well. Yes. Um, I think you delivered those, those things really well. And so I just love that even, even out of the trash pile, so to speak. (laughs) Well, I have a theory. I have a theory about that too. Like even, I know you guys don't value the rotten tomatoes like Lauren does. Well, I just, I think sometimes, uh, I, I watch, you know, I actually love this movie. I think it doesn't advance, as quickly as most critics would like for a movie to advance. But I also think it speaks to some really like true and very vulnerable things that our society does not look for movies to do. That's, movies that's are legit. movies are an escape. They're not looking we're as a society, we're just not often looking for movies to true. speak that that real and that for raw real life, to yeah. us. Yeah. And I think that hits a nerve in people that um, we just don't want. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my theory, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. Well, um, before we before we jump into this first chunk of this interview, um, can you set us up here, Lauren? Who is Ray, and uh, and why is this relevant? I almost want to say Ray Donovan for some reason, but it's Ray Donatucci. He's a he's got a great Italian name. Ray was a long time, long long time Young Life staff person. Uh, deep passion for Jesus as well as specifically for teenagers. And so worked with the organization called Young Life for several decades. Um, he ended up, as you can imagine, further along in his journey, um, 
just being a mentor to so many other young lifers, uh, youth pastors, uh, very connected to his local church over time. Uh, and therefore, while he worked for Young Life, a parachurch ministry, he really has a deep love for the body of Christ in general. He's a kingdom guy. Um, I, I got to know him in Colorado and in short uh, was a, a mentor to many people I know and respect. And um, because he's a friend of my main mentor, RJ, and they're in the same age, both Ray and RJ are in their 60s. Uh, it's been, excuse me, RJ just turned 70, but they're in that same that same, same age group. Um, it was cool that they know each other in Colorado. And so I knew that Ray had just recently at the point of our interview a year and a half ago, recently gone through some really difficult loss. And he graciously agreed just to open up his heart and his, his mind and share with us what that's been like. So it's a combination. We're going to hear from Ray on a, on a heart level, just the very visceral pain he, he was and, and to some extent still is enduring but also just some godly wisdom from a guy that we should learn from. He's a, he's a well-read, well-studied, life-experienced um, follower of Jesus. So that's a setup. Yeah, it's good. Okay, well, let's take a moment here and listen to Ray sharing about the loss of his wife. My wife, Jane, was diagnosed with stage 4 uh, kidney renal cancer um, nine years ago and uh, was given three about three years to live is what they thought and in the process of her decline got into um, a drug trial and uh, the result of that was uh, we believe it extended her life by at least five years, probably six years. Um, it didn't. Uh, it didn't extend the quality of her life. It created other issues, but we had her. Uh, towards the end, of the last year, I had to leave full time young life, go part time. Uh, my wife was confined to a wheelchair, and uh, was on a slow decline, and. Uh, uh, and then in March of this past year, passed away in our home after being in hospice for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we had a, we had like a nine year runway to prepare for March 30th. Uh, and uh, it wasn't long enough. There are a lot of different experiences with death. Uh, there's the phone call that you get. There's been a car accident or Somebody had a heart attack and suddenly died in the immediate shock of, of that is a certain kind of experience of death. We had just the long, slow decline and, and we called it the sunset. And, uh, and I, I do a, a senior citizens chapel at a little uh, uh, facility here in Boulder. Uh, once a month, and there's a poster on the wall that says the sunset can be as beautiful as the sunrise. And I'd sort of grab that. And and so the metaphor of, yeah, the sun setting, but it can be beautiful, it can be beautiful. And then the absolute shock of how horrific the end was for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and felt a little bit 
uh, just caught off guard in unprepared for the horror of it, for the pain of it. Um, uh, the finality was actually the blessing of it. Uh, when, when you deal with somebody in chronic pain, um, it's just terrible. And, and so then death almost seems to be the relief, uh, the blessing in it. Well, I, I, I know that we talked about this earlier, how impactful that this interview was even back then, but to hear, to hear, uh, Ray talking about this now in this context, something that I don't think really grabbed my attention the first, first go around with this. Ray says that something that a sunset can be as beautiful as the sunrise. And I think that goes right in line with um, something that we've we've talked about, it, even in the in the message collateral beauty, um, that there is while it seems so hard to say or maybe even insensitive to say that there can be incredible beauty uh, in the loss of someone. This idea that um, uh, there can be healing, there can be uh, a beauty that we miss out on by moving too quickly from the pain or uh, something that we can we can learn or grab onto or experience fully this this pain um, I think that was that was that just grabbed me what when he said that um, uh, loss can be really like a sunset you know um, that that picture for me that resonates in my own story and I recognize not everyone's story of loss is is the same. Um, but this idea of loss being as a, as a sunset, uh, slowly kind of creeping in, uh, there's anticipation, but there's also beauty in that season before the dark, right? Mm. Uh, that's what I think about. I think about losing my mom at 15. I think about her being diagnosed with pancreatic, at pancreatic cancer and having six months where being intentional with the time that we had left. It just changed my perspective. It changed how much I cherished those moments that I got with her mm. before she was gone. And I think about that's really what a sunset is. It's like a, it's it's there's beauty in it, and it's going to end, you yeah. know, um, and not missing that those beautiful moments that I otherwise probably wouldn't have anything to contrast that with. You know, there's beauty in that because we know what pain is. Yeah, you know, and uh, that resonates with me. So we just went. We just went on vacation, and um, where we were in Missouri, you see um, the the sunset happens, mm -hmm. and 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 just as you're describing, um, you know, you have all day long to to <laughs> to look over the scenery or whatever, sure. but you find all kinds of other things to do, and so we miss out on so many moments until the sun starts getting low, until it starts getting close, and then it's like, oh no no no, everybody, we need to drop what we're doing right now. Yeah. Because we want to watch this. You know it's about to end. You yes. know it's coming to an end. Yes, and, yes, yes. And yes. so it's like that That makes a whole lot of sense in that picture of a sunset because you're right. There is a finite end to it, but there is such different um, beauty and change in that last 30 minutes of, yes. of the sun going down. Mm. And uh, that just... I, so I, I, I read this and I... Man, forgive me. I just don't remember exactly where I read this. I know it was recent... I can go back and research and try and figure out where I got this from. But um, recently I, I, 
I read that um, maybe in one of our one of the books for school. Um, there's only really one one time in our life where we can experience uh, pain and loss um, and God's closeness and nearness to us. And that is uh, with our life here on earth. Because to be absent from our life here on earth is to be fully present with God. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer, um, when we die and we are in the presence of God, we are worshiping Him forever. We are we are fully in the presence of God, and we don't experience pain and loss and suffering in those ways. So to be able to celebrate this, I and I'm speaking as someone that has, I have, I still have deep loss to deal with every day. But to be able to say, I can experience God in a completely different way now. Mm in my pain, in my suffering, in all those things that I won't ever have an opportunity to do in eternity, right? Like, as we talk about, like, when I'm fully present with the Creator and I'm worshiping at His feet, I'm not going to experience pain. I'm not going to experience God the Comforter in those moments. And I get to do that here. It's sometimes, is, it sucks. Yeah, I won't, it's, it's no way of, of saying that. Wow. But I get to experience God differently. And this is the only time we get to experience God in that way. And that's just something that, like, when he Ooh. said, when he said sunset can be as beautiful as sunrise, I think that's what that's what it means. Mm. Is is I get to experience Ooh. God the Comforter, God the, the the Father who wants me to lean back onto Him, uh, to trust Him, to have faith when I can't see. I get to experience that type of God now in the pain of life and the sufferings of life in a way that you don't have. When we are fully, I present love that Tanner. I love that's that's beautiful. I'm genuinely like I, I think you're you're speaking to the broad category of just turning things upside down with gratitude. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. a sense of wow, this is an awful situation, and and yet to have the gratitude of I couldn't experience God just like this any other way. Mm -hmm. um, on a lighter note, it's so brilliant. I'm, I'm thinking that was probably in one of our conversations you heard me say. Oh, I'm, I'm bet. I bet. Beverage or something. <laughs> I bet that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee that's what it is. Lauren. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a, another listen here as Ray talks about, um, the, the shock of, uh, of losing his wife, even with that, it, with, with nine years of, of dealing with what she was going through and, and just how that, uh, that affected him and how difficult that was going through that process. I, I follow Christ and I, I trust him. And still it was very difficult mm. for us. It, you know, the big piece was when I think of her, Oh my gosh, she's free. She's with the Lord. She's out of pain. She's gotten what she lived her life for. How, how could I feel bad? But I'm the one that has to sit at an empty table and eat dinner by myself. I'm the one that comes home and had the habit of hollering up to her to say, honey, I'm home. And every time I come through the door, it just sort of echoes inside of me mm. you know it's 
it's seeing a glass of iced tea, which was her favorite drink. You know, it's all these little things. So grief then becomes more about me. Mm. And uh, I've told people it, it, grief is so self-focused. I want to say selfish, but not selfish in in the negative sense of selfishness. But it's so self-focused. It's what I don't have. It's what I'm missing. It's what I wish for. It's where am I going? It's what do I do? It's how do I think about it? It's me, 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 me. And after a while, it's, and then it's all exacerbated with COVID that you, I live in this little echo chamber of my brain. I have all sorts of friends that call me regularly. So it's not like I'm alone alone. But, but that's, a, that's the other part that shocked me was how, how inward it turns me and how much of my infrastructure needs to be sort of rebuilt because she was a part of everything. Her fingerprints were a part of everything in my life except hunting and fishing. Those were the only two things that she had nothing to do with, and it was just me. And so I guess what I've done a lot of this last year in Hunt, just to remind myself of who I am without her. Everything else in life, it was the two of us. It was Ray and Jane. I, I keep saying, in marriage, the two become one, and then they become one half. Another reason I'm so thankful for Ray sharing so candidly with us, just he's so honest about how he is a disciple of Jesus. I love that, that I know his faith is huge and this still flat out sucks for him. It's his, his honesty about following Jesus, trusting God and still hurting at such a visceral level. Um, it, it really, it really resonated with me just how grief tends to pull us in. Um, I think his words were, you know, self-focused um, to really deal with his own stuff. Happy for Janie, even mm. knowing she's literally with the Lord and whole and healthy and joy-filled, and yet sad for himself now and sad for his kids, and um, but very self-focused. Uh, I love his distinguishment between self-focused and selfish. It's not selfish in a sinful way. It's, it's a natural mm. part of grief is to turn inward and, and to wrestle with, okay, what does this, what does this mean for me now? Who am I right. apart from the, the tearing apart of one flesh? That's an image yeah. that is going to stick with me. Yeah. Uh, I think about Carrie. It's, it's different than losing another friend or a distant relative. Right. It's, uh, it's, oh, it's okay. Now who am I without her? You know, um, so just his honesty about the depth of pain, the, the real sadness that, that grief brings. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I heard, a, um, I heard somebody answer a question, you know, what, what advice would you give um, as, as a married person? And uh, basically their, their response was, um, marriage is not a 50-50 thing. It's a 100-100 thing. Mm. Like you are all in and all in together. And so when you say that the two become one, like that is like it's that's the thing. Yeah. And so it's not a 50-50 deal when when one of you is gone now. Um, you know, and, and hearing him say that, that's like now I'm half. Yeah. 
you know, her fingerprints were on everything, every part of my life. Right. And, and I, I can't, you know, he, he talked about um, rebuilding the infrastructure mm-hmm. of his, of his world. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, because when you, when you go, when he's gone into that marriage with, with his wife, that now where everything was built together, yep. now all of that structure is, is, um, you know, is, is missing that support that it had underneath it. And I just thought that was, mm. was, was really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who's dealing with losing a spouse recently. And, uh, in a recent conversation with him, he was talking about, you know, for, for a little while, shortly after I found myself just getting away, uh, he was kind of fortunate in his, in his business and what he does that he got to go spend uh, a couple weeks traveling, doing some things, took his daughter with him and, um, and he started recognizing, he said, you know, this is something that we did together as a family mm. that we enjoyed. And I enjoyed it through the lens of my spouse enjoying this. And I never really took the time to, to go, do I enjoy this? And is this, is this because it's attached to uh, my married life and all those different things? And I just thought that was... Um, that was some self-awareness maybe that was a perspective I had not ever really thought about um, in it shapes your identity. It, it shapes who you are and losing that type of person, just as Ray was talking about, it changes your identity mm. and you have to rediscover who you were, uh, who you are now uh, in that light. And so um, I thought his perspective uh, and, and, um, I think worth worth mentioning is uh, how soon after the loss of his spouse, Ray's, Ray's wife, Janie, that he had this conversation. Like, it really wasn't that far apart. Yeah, it was just um, a few months. It was just, yeah, it was so quick. And yeah. to be able to have, to speak that profoundly yeah. um, in the middle of such pain, yeah. uh, I thought that was just a testament to his his journey with Jesus, you know. Well, so as we continue with the conversation with Ray, um, another section here, we want to listen to him talk about um, what surprised him the most in the midst of the loss. I'll say this about me. I'm, I'm an idea guy. I love to collect ideas. I love to read. I love to think. And uh, when I talked about the long runway uh, to Janie's passing, what I realized was it was all mental. It was all abstraction. And somebody asked me, what, what's the biggest thing that surprised you after Janie died? And I said, oh my gosh, I know this answer. I knew it immediately. It's how painful pain is. I, I could teach about pain. I could do a Bible study on pain. I could tell you you know, therapeutically what pain is and how to deal with pain and blah, 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 blah. I, but it was all up here in my head. Yeah. And and what I experienced was like somebody just hit me in the chest or in the stomach, probably more gut shot. It was just pain is painful. Yeah. It's not just an idea. It's very physical. And, uh, and so I've been reading all these books thinking if I got the right ideas, I'd be okay. You know? <laughs> and, uh, most of the books just keep saying, no, it's not an idea. You're living in something very physical. 
So uh, this again, uh, every every little part that he gets to, Ray gets to, is uh, I think just profound. I, again, I find myself deeply resonating with some of the things that he has he has been saying, and one of the things that he says in this little uh, section here is. Uh, he kind of asked, I think, Lauren, maybe you asked this, uh, what surprised you the most about loss? It's kind of that question that's posed to him. And he's like, I, I, I feel like I should have known this, but how painful pain is, how how difficult, um, you know, the things that he's reading, the things that he's done. It's like, you know, it's actually not really that helpful. And he says what he's realized is that pain's not just an idea. It's very physical. And I find myself in that, you know, I, I find my story linked up with what he's saying. I don't know how to describe the effects, the deep effects of pain in my life, the the loss um, and how that shapes decisions I make, the reactions that I have to the world around me, how I celebrate the moments that I get with my kids. All I, how, how do you articulate this? And it's not until you are fully present in your body. Pain, pain makes you fully aware of your body in a way that nothing else does, right? Like we, we notice when something hurts. Uh, it's, it makes a, you're never more present in your body than when you're experiencing pain. And so for him to say like pain is so physical, that's true. And I think often we try to um, think our way through pain mm. instead of feeling our way through the pain. Yes, the knowledge is great, but um, oftentimes it's just not helpful at getting us out of it. Well, and to make your point even stronger, I'd add, I, my question, if I look back at that interview, was what have you been reading? Right, right, right. And he didn't <laughs> even answer the question. Yeah. I think he quipped later, hey, you know, I'll send you the bibliography. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. but, but he really was like, it's not an idea. Yeah. I don't need more head knowledge. Uh, yep. Man, this hurts. Yep. That really, that really stuck with me. Yeah, and it speaks to even kind of our encouragement, even uh, looking at our message, Collateral Beauty, where we talk about um, you know, don't say stupid things. We're all guilty of those those types of things. You're not going to say the right thing. Which takes us to the next part, and we ask that same question. Um, you know what is it that actually is helpful and um, and he he lets us in on how difficult that actually is one of the things that strikes me is I've, I've been in this um, men's group myself and eight other guys have met for 25 years on Friday morning and uh, after Janie passed I, I go to the men's group and I can't believe the words that came out of my mouth, but it, it was so honest. He goes, guys, I don't know what to do. Uh, I feel pretty awkward if you ask me how I'm doing in the group to talk about it and just to dredge it up again. But if you don't ask me about it, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> care. He goes, this is me. This is not you, but I am so conflicted. Mm. Uh, do I want to talk about it or don't I? I don't know. Mm. And if I do talk about it, it's hard. If I don't talk about it, it's hard. What do I do in that situation? I just was very candid with them on it. Um, so they they have stopped asking, how are you doing? Mm. That kind of question is so difficult for me to answer. And I would imagine it's hard for most people in grief to answer. Well, how am I doing? How, how do you think I'm doing? 
<laughs> you know, it's it's rough. Yeah. Well, I tell you what's been helpful for me is people. Uh, I have some friends that will, you know, will just be maybe zooming or, or or maybe we're doing something together outside, and they'll say, "I thought of Janie yesterday," uh-huh. and here's what I remembered about Janie. That that's so helpful to get people's memories where they just offer it. They don't, mm-hmm. it's not about me and what I have to conjure up or what I have to put together, what I have to express. They just give me that gift. Yes. Oh, you probably didn't know this about her, but here's something she did for me one time that made me laugh or cry or what, you know, whatever. And that, that, that I find helpful. Man, he just captures the difficulty so well. Uh, I love his honesty. I, I Please ask me don't ask me that, (laughs) you know, just all at the same time. (laughs) And I think the thing I walk away with that is from that. I I think, I I think I walk away with just thinking, you know, we're just not going to do it right. Maybe even a little freedom to everybody listening to the three of us. Grief is hard. Mm -hmm. And when we have someone else we're caring about and and trying to hurt with and love well, we're not going to do it perfectly. I think back to my journey with Carrie and infertility. Nobody could say the right thing. Everybody mm-hmm. had, you know, well, have you tried this? Well, have you tried this? Mm-hmm. Well, if you just stop thinking about it, well, if you, you know, if you, if you decide to adopt, suddenly you will get pregnant, all these things. Mm-hmm. And none of it, none of it was helpful. And yet we had to time and time again, go, you know what? They're, they mean well, you know what? I know they love us because they did all these other things and they say all these other things. And we, we've, so I think it's some freedom that we're not going to say it perfectly. I still think what you shared uh, from a teaching standpoint yesterday, Tanner, a plea not to say stupid things. That's that's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, a specific, you know, example three or four. Don't say this. Don't say that. Don't say this. I think there's still some truth and just I'm so sorry. I, I think from the teaching you said, you know, hold their hand, put your arm around mm-hmm. them, look them in the eye, be with them. That's what really matters. Um, I love the very practical tip Ray gives us to, to bring up memories with mm-hmm. people. Oh yeah. Memories wow. are cherished yeah. of the people we love. I, I shared with you guys, even offline, you know, I, I'm convicted. I need to sit down with my mom and just say, remember when, remember when we used to sit around with Papa and Grand Grand and play this game and, ah, I'm so grateful when I'm out there trying to hack at the golf course, yeah. thinking back to how good Papa was and, mm-hmm. And I need to do that for my mom because it's not asking her how she feels or putting her on the spot about stuff. It's just me sharing that joy filled memory Mm. that brings back memories. Maybe she's even forgotten. Right. Um, And so I appreciated his honesty about how difficult he is. It is. And and I appreciated just that tip to share memories with each other for sure. Yeah. Well, I I resonate with that too. Just even as he was saying it, um, just the the memories, um, asking how you feel, how you process, all those different things, puts you in a spot in the spot um, in a way that you don't really know how to respond. And uh, sharing memories and those things, uh, it reminds you that the good times were good. You know, it reminds you that th- those things were real. And um, and uh, I think in some ways changes my perspective in how I respond to the loss and all those in the pain of it all. And so uh, just. Yeah, I thought I thought he's just um, a man struggling, uh, dealing with that pain, dealing with that loss, such an early at such an early stage, and yet just speaking some incredible truth and wisdom in it. 
Yeah. Well, and, and as much truth and wisdom as he's speaking to us, let's let him finish it up yeah. as he's talking about healing and let him bring this, bring this conversation, uh, bring it home. People say, Ray, I'm praying you'll be healed, that there's some healing in grief. And I've, I've pondered that a good bit. Um, I, I guess healing is the right word. But it's, it's like the healing that comes after your leg's been amputated and not the healing that comes after you have the flu. You're not restored to normality. It's not that kind of healing. It's a new kind of life where you're going to live without one leg. You're never, ever going to have that other leg back. Mm. Now, think of healing in that sense, that you're, okay, you're going to learn how to adapt to not having a leg. You're, uh, at some point along the way, you're going to stop feeling the phantom foot um, that's no longer there. But you're going to have to adjust mm. in the leg. And if that's what we mean by healing, then I think we, we offer that to one another. Mm. The thought that you're going to get back to normal, you're going to be okay, uh, you know, you're going to move on with life. Uh, collateral beauty, you know, he's never going to get his daughter back. Mm. He's always going to carry that deep weight of loss and the memories of swinging her in the playground is always going to be there. He, how's he, how do you get healed from that? You don't forget that. Yeah. Um, but with the Lord... All of life is change, really. Mm. And the Lord is the only one who's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So I hold on to him and step into the adventure ahead. There, there is the secondary joy, the collateral beauty. But the primary thing is still very difficult. Mm. Still hugely devastating mm. that's not to say that there's not secondary things that uh, i can look at and go thank you lord i love i love that little section here uh listening to to ray speak uh, talking about you know praying for healing and uh what well what does healing even look like in a situation like this um I, he kind of speaks to he, he healing's not like to go back to what life was before. Yeah. You know, in, in a situation like that, it's not possible. Um, I think so often in every type of loss that we face, um, we think that healing from that looks like a return to life before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know we experience that in, uh, in the ways we relate to one another with our friendships, um, the ways that, uh, our rhythms, uh, rhythms of life change, but healing in some of those things, I think, is an acceptance of the ways in which your life is now changed, the beauty in some of those things, and the ability to move forward uh, because of it. Um, again, I talked about from from the message standpoint. Uh, I'll never be able to get over the loss or the pain that that caused in my life. And that still creeps up, 
you know, at times, um, have good days and have bad days with it. Uh, but I've been able to accept and appreciate so much more about my life moving forward because of the perspective that gave, that gave me because of the, the gift of presence that that gave me. Um, and, uh, I just loved like, uh, what is he, the answer, the, the question, what does healing really look like? If you're praying for healing, what does that look like? Let's define what healing looks like in that scenario because it doesn't look like life before, um, yeah, I, I loved that image that he talked about of um, losing a leg. You know, as, yeah. as you're you, when you're healed, we we talk about like you know being healed from mm-hmm. a from a virus or the flu or sure, whatever. Sure. You're getting over your cough. You know, you're healed on the other right. side of that. But when you've lost your leg, there is no going back to being healed prior to. Yeah. You know, it is moving forward. Like yep. healing is the healing of the wound itself right. in some way, but not regrowing a leg. Right. You know, it's not, that's not going to happen. But as you said, accepting it and moving back to, or, or moving forward into what life is now, because it's not going to be the same. Right. Especially, you know, as he said earlier, when, when, when Janie's fingerprints are on everything in his life and, yeah. um, you know, he talked about how his, his, um, we didn't share this part, but he talked about his relationship with his kids and his daughters and how he's, he can be dad, but he can't be mom, and yeah. it's not going to be the same, you know? And so there isn't a let's go back to the way it was, uh-uh. you know? It's a how do we move forward? Right. That's the healing side of it that right. I thought was really good. And Yeah, I think that stuff, that's the stuff that, um, you know, if we can have that perspective in most of what we deal with in our life, um, I think we can experience some really, really good healing in our lives. Um, true healing, you know? Yeah. Um, I think about, um, you know, even, even thinking about like our pandemic, the things that we've had to face in some of those things. Um, what does, what does healing look like in our society having all those different things? Well, I think, uh, it's an acceptance of acceptance of what is and that change, uh, has occurred and we can, we have, I think we have to stop fighting to go back to pre that um you can't erase that now from our from our history yeah <laughs> you know it, it looks like moving forward um and uh i think he just um just lots of truth in in the things that he was sharing some really good perspective things i hadn't thought about um and getting to go back and listen listen to that um that interview uh, not only includes Ray, uh, but RJ as well, Lauren's, Lauren's longtime mentor, who is a, a therapist, and uh, uh, Lauren gets to talk to pretty frequently. Um, RJ himself has experienced pain and loss in a lot of different ways. Um, that full interview uh, includes Ray and his perspective immediately in that, but also RJ's perspective in um, kind of uh, the, the therapist's take on loss and, and pain and suffering and healing and moving forward in those different ways. And I think it's so valuable in our, in our society, maybe not as much as it used to be. Um, so I think it is fair to, it's fair, uh, to be fair. I, have, I think I have to say that. Maybe not as much as it used to be. But I think we still have so many of us that think you have to, you have to just um, maybe be crazy to go see a therapist, mm. you know? Um, 
but I think that's good coping with things that are happening in our life. Um, you don't even have to have experienced something as tragic as, you know, losing a spouse, losing a mom, losing, you know, someone like that, experiencing loss in that way. Uh, uh, I think, I think therapy is, is valuable. Um, it helps us have the tools that we don't otherwise have to deal with the things that have come our way. Um, and, uh, I love, I love just being able to include, um, on a personal note, the things that as a longtime lover of Jesus, as a longtime disciple of Jesus, that Ray, the perspective he can give in those things, uh, the thing that, you know, even saying that, (laughs) um, pain's not just an idea. Suffering's not just an idea. Um, it's physical. It's something you go through, something you deal with. But then also to be able to say there are things out there that help gain perspective, that give us something to grab a hold of, something uh, that can help us process the things, and to be able to have that conversation with RJ as well. So I think the full scope of that interview is really important for our listeners to kind of go back and um, and be able to listen to that all the way through um, in today's context. You know, yeah. eighteen months since we've shown we've shown that. And so much has happened in people's lives since then. What kind of perspective could this offer you today? The things that you're dealing with today. Yeah, and and in our our clips today, you don't hear that, but their affirmation of seeking counseling. Yes. Um, and 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 not seeking counseling from somebody that's perfect, but sometimes seeking counseling from somebody that's gone through that. Yes. Thing. Yes. Um, you know, he uh, Ray Ray talked about um, how it was good for him, and it was good for his 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 daughters to go through it as well. His grown daughters, his yep. adult daughters, to do it as they were dealing with it all together. So, so yeah, we we affirm that as well. That mm-hmm. that's that's healthy. Um, you know, and obviously, thank you to Ray for being honest yes, and, yes. and vulnerable through all of this, um, through through questions and and recording and all that kind of stuff um, that just makes everything even more awkward sometimes. But um, we do, we do suggest if you, if you enjoyed this interview, go back and, uh, and listen to it. It was on our, our sixth episode uh, way back in the day from February of 21. Um, We'll, we'll put a link in there and and a timestamp for, um, for when that starts so that you could, you could go back and get the full scope of, uh, of, of the interview with Ray and with RJ um, and, and as well, we're also going to put some, um, the, uh, the, the referral list for counseling that we have here at the church. Yep. Um, we'll put that in the show notes as well. So if you're thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe I do need to go have a conversation, yeah. then this is a great place to start. Here's a list of things, um, a, a list of places that you can start to make some phone calls and right. find somebody to talk to. Right. Um, you know, this, this brings at the movies to a close, we uh, we have had, I think, a successful and fun uh, summer of 2022, despite not having done it yeah. in quite a long time. Yeah. Um, a nice step back towards yeah. maybe a little bit of what we used to have, sure, sure, we sure. used to do before, but we still have a amputated leg that we're that's right. You know, we're, we're getting used forward to, with we're it, getting yeah. used to a new world. So um, now that at the movies is over, we are uh, about to start a new series this upcoming Sunday called uh, No Offense. Yep, and um, we will let that speak for itself, and uh, we'll have some of that pushed out this week. But uh, you, you'll want to be a part of that and. Uh, especially in the world that we're living in right now, which is um, 
is just uh, posture to be yeah. divided. Yeah. Yes, we are yeah. so divided, and we continue to divide ourselves farther and farther apart by the word that mm-hmm. we're offended by, or by being offended by the offense <laughs> that we're offended by. And yeah, um, so so that'll be that'll be a good thing for us. So Tanner, thanks for joining us again. Yeah. We are we're thrilled to have you back. But this has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial ColonialChurch.com. Or you can download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We had some questions we didn't get to today, but um, send us your questions and your feedback. Give us your thoughts about At The Movies or uh, maybe maybe a story of how you're dealing with grief or how counseling has been a great Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. for you. Um, And you can send those to podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week.